but on behalf of this church from the bottom of our heart, thank you. We are grateful and we remember you. Stand with me and turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Acts chapter 16. I want to, just one time, she's going to get on to me for this, but I want to thank my mom for two weeks ago sharing her testimony here on the stage. Was that a blessing to you? Did that minister? Thank you. And then last week, Pastor Chris brought a wonderful word of exhortation and encouragement for our, our graduates. I was up visiting Pastor Al in Maine and was able to minister the word of God there at Christ Chapel, Maine. Uh, he always tells me that we are like the odd couple. What's that? The, the remake of that movie? The old odd couple. Anyway, whichever one's the weird one, he can be that one. So, but they wanted to get me to tell you thank you for all your love and support for them and to tell you there would not be a them if it were not for you. So from uh, Christ Chapel, Maine, they want to give you uh, great love and salutation. So. Acts chapter 16, beginning with verse 20. If you're there, say amen. And they brought them to the magistrates saying, these men, Paul and Silas, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they'd laid many stripes on them, they cast them into prison. Say that with me, many stripes. And they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who then thrusted them not just into prison, but the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. So many hours passed. And then at midnight, we pick up our story. Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken or broken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Just for a side note in your own personal study, I'm not a builder, I'm not a contractor, but when the foundation is shattered, you don't have to go back in that prison no more. Amen. Just thought I'd throw that out there to you. It's no longer good. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, don't do yourself any harm. We're all here. Why would you want to leave where God is? Another thought for you. And then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Why would he ask him that? Because your God superimposed himself on your situation and did something unmistakable, undeniable. And I know that he alone is God. And he, they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved and anyone in your house. And they spoke unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And they took Paul and Silas in the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized. He in all his straight way. And when he brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. If you remain standing for just a quick moment, I won't ask you to stand again till we get ready to be dismissed.
The Apostle Paul's life, spiritual life, began with a suddenly. He's on the Damascus Road. God sends a, a blinding light from heaven, knocks him off his donkey, uh, introduces himself as Jesus whom he persecutes. And his first reply was, Lord, what would you have me do? Here we find again Paul is in prison and suddenly an earthquake. I want to bring before you this morning the idea and the remembrance that suddenly's happen, not just to everyone, but God's suddenlies happen to God's people. He comes in where he's uninvited. He comes in where he's invited. He comes in where he's not expected. He doesn't check with anyone. He doesn't ask permission. And I want to create within you this morning an expectation that at any moment of any day, at any time, God can superimpose himself in your life and give you a suddenly. I want to speak to you this morning. And if you'll pray with me as I pray for myself for just a few moments on God of the suddenly. Lord, I got one time to do this right. And I just pray for the anointing of your Holy Spirit that I would have clarity of thought and speech, but most of all, that it would be so anointed with your words that people, before they get to the car, would say, I was in the presence of God today. For your glory, Lord, write the words, your word, on the tablet of our heart and give us the courage and the character to receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to deliver us. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. For the believer, these suddenlies are not natural, but they're supernatural. They may be in the earth, but they're not of the earth. They are divine. These suddenlies are formed in the context of God's intentions, God's plans, God's desires, and God's care for us. By the time you see us suddenly, all the workings behind the scene has already happened. You're seeing the crowning of the child in the moment. But the verse, and all things are working together for your good, for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Suddenlies have to happen in the life of the believer because the workings are always happening. I wanna say that again. You can't expect, you can't create, you can't demand and you can't maneuver them, but there should be a childlike expectancy in your life that at any given moment, all that he's been working on could introduce itself to my life. All that God's been doing, all that God's been planning before I was born, the idea that he knew I would be standing up on this stage in this suit on this day, before I was born, the things that he's purposed will happen. They are predicated. The suddenlies are predicated and sustained by his faithfulness. Isaiah 48, three, and the context of this is God speaking to the people of Israel, but the, 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 the eternal truth of it is for all men. God said, I've declared the former things from the beginning and they went forth out of my mouth and I showed them and I did them suddenly and they came to pass just like I said they would. See, it's God. What you need in your life is for God to speak over you. 
You don't need me to put my hand on you. You don't need some man to endorse you. You don't need all your family to validate you. That's a wonderful thing, but it's not needful. What you need is for God to look at your life and take the pen, the eternal pen sovereignty, and write something, to decree something. Because once he says it, it will come to pass. I know you're weak and insufficient, but it will come to pass. I know you don't see how you're going to get from A to B, but it will come to pass. He don't need your help. He doesn't need your encouragement. He allows participation, but he don't need it. You remember I gave you the illustration of a little five-year-old boy out there with his plastic tool belt and plastic drill and plastic hammer, and me and daddy going to build a barn. And daddy's a carpenter, and daddy's out there for weeks cutting wood and doing the roof, and a little boy covered in sawdust, he ain't did nothing. But he comes in and goes, look what we built. Did you know we're spending our life, God is waiting on us to participate in good works that will glorify his son's name. These suddenlies are the visible portion of the previously invisible workings of God. When you get a suddenly, all it is is God pulling the drape back. You know, it's not a great illustration, but like a magic trick. And the illusionist does something on the stage and you go, no, well, a suddenly is just God pulling the drape. And then you seeing, you see the beginning from the end and you see many of the missing pieces. And you go, I didn't know how you were going to do that, but I see now God that it's not an illusion. It's the truth. Your word is truth and the things that you declare. I just pray that some of you would leave today and before you even get to the car, say, speak over me, oh God. Speak over me, oh God. I don't need anybody else to speak over me. I need you to say something about me and to me. That's why many Sundays I play that one song. It's not because it's my favorite song. The words of it. I was like, Lord, word of God speak. If you speak today, people will be helped and changed. And we exist so that people might come to know Christ and surrender to his lordship and spend their life for his glory. And you can't do that outside of the word of God. And these suddenlies are unmistakable, undeniable, unexpected, and undeserved. Do you hear me? Undeserved. Don't go into expectation with your merit in front of you. Every, I was in my driveway uh, I do this often. I'll just stop and I go, look, Lord, at all you've given me, all these blessings. And I named, you know, my wife and my babies and the property. I said, all these blessings. And I felt the Holy Spirit quickened me and not one of them deserved. John, I didn't do this for you because you were good. I did this to you and for you because I was good, which makes my hands go higher in worship. I expect suddenly, listen, because I'm in Christ. And if he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for me freely, how can I not expect him to intervene? He intervened on my lostness. He intervened on my bondage. He intervened on my backslidings. He intervened on my loss. He intervened at the things I buried and the people that walked away. He's intervened in every step of my life, but especially for my soul. 
How can I have an expectation of him to intervene on my soul and not the life that I live afterwards? Because it's in this life after the cross that I am given opportunity to shout the fame of the son of God. And it's the suddenlies that become our story. And we're not supposed to stack them up one to another. How many of you know that miracles are relative? When that baby hasn't eaten for a week in a third world country and it gets something to eat. See, that, that one slice of bread, miracles are relative. It's God coming in at the moment when man could not help you and there's provision. And he, he crowns that moment with his glory. Very quickly this morning, suddenly's happen at various times and places, uh, at the place of our greatest impossibilities. There are people in this room that you are at a place that there's nothing you can do. Just that phrase. It doesn't matter what I do, how I position myself, what I say, I am powerless to change the circumstances. Oh, lift up your eyes. It's in those moments when Moses and all the millions of Jews are standing at the Red Sea and here comes Pharaoh's army behind them and God says, take that stick in your hand and stick it over the water. And he did and the water parted. Don't you know, those of us, um, if you've raised children, boys aren't like girls. Did you know that? (laughs) Boys have a destructive... Don't you know there were little boys... When the water heaped up, they're running down the side with a stick in the water. And the mama's like, no logic. Oh, get away from that. Like the stick in the water going to make it come down, you know, but, but God's heaped it up and the ground is dry. You move water out of the way. You are weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks before the ground is dry. And they get all the way through. Why, why does God record those? First of all, it's types and shadows of salvation. It's always types and shadows of Christ. But there, there also is a, a characteristic there that needs to not be ignored and lost in the beauty of Christ coming through for us. It's that the Christ that came through for us will come through for you. And suddenly... How many people do you think when the sea got up and got out of the way, I I knew it, I knew it, I knew that was going to happen. Nobody! Do you understand that you are the prime candidate when there's no other way? I would rather look towards heaven and be disappointed than look towards myself and get exactly what I thought. Your God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. Wait a minute. It doesn't end there. According to the power that already worketh in you. Some of you need to change your prayer and your posture. There is a time to kneel, but there's other times to stand up and look up to the hills from which cometh your help because your help comes from the Lord. At the place of your greatest desires, suddenly's happened. Hearing my wife pray for our children. I know you've heard it. You're going to hear it again. It's my story. I'm so happy about it. I hear her in the room praying for God to give her babies and her husband's sterile. And I said, oh God, please, God, take years off my life. Take a decade off my life. Give her babies. And I'm I'm giving you just a synopsis of it. It's like the Lord, you know, just let me know. I don't need you. I don't need you to tell me how to take care of her. Like, there's no bargaining thing. 
I do for her, first of all, because she's mine. And then we get a phone call. First of all, he tells us, don't do anything. Just sit at home. No, and listen, I'm grateful for the adoption agencies. We support them. They do wonderful work. But my journey was don't call nobody, don't write nobody. And our phone just rang. He told us, your children will find you. What? And we get a call from someone that knew someone that knew someone out of state. And it was our girls. And suddenly the phone rang. And then suddenly we meet the girl and we go to the hospital and then four or five months later, Isabel and Olivia are born and the first two weeks they're in the NICU and Kelly's there every day. And then two weeks later, I I wish you could have seen us bringing them home. That look on our face like, what are we going to do? How are you going to do this? But at the place of your greatest desires, God doesn't just grant the desires. He's the one that gave you the desire. He granted the desire so he could grant the desire. There should be an expectation. In the place of your greatest need, when the Israelites had no food, manna from heaven, water from a rock, cloud by day, fire by night. In the place of your greatest pain, look for us suddenly. Job lost everything except a backslid wife. He got to keep her. If you look at the story, he lost all his children, parents. I know I just said something like tongue in cheek, all your babies in one day, all his possessions in one day, all of his health in one day. We see him in a pile cutting himself with broken pottery to let the infection ooze out of his body. And suddenly, God turned the captivity of Job. And the next time you check in with Job, distant friends, they see there's no Facebook to keep update. By the next time they saw him, and he's got children everywhere and twice as many things. We heard you lost everything. He said, I did. It was the the worst time of my life. But suddenly God came on the scene. And decreed, that season is over. This season is beginning. Suddenly, his life was healed and fixed. In the time of your greatest challenges, you can expect to suddenly. And I know I'm just covering a lot of, 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 of illustrations, but I want you to see the theme. When Goliath stood and challenged the people of God, and there's nothing they could do against their enemy, if only our David would show up. And Jesus modeled that for us, that not only does he show up to destroy the works of the devil, I came to do that. He empowers you to do the same. See, suddenly it's happened at pivotal places in your life. Not just need, not just desire, not just impossibility, but pivotal places. See, Goliath was raised up just like David was raised up. And David had to have a Goliath because Goliath was going to introduce David to who he was. Samuel had already told him, you're going to be king and anointed him with oil. But Goliath was the pathway to the kingdom. And some of us are overwhelmed at the enormity of the obstacle in front of us. And I submit to you, it could be the working of God to take you into the next place for what God has for you. Because great victories 
make great capacity and great opportunity. You didn't know on that day that he cut that giant's head off that Israel got a king, did you? We would never saw it. This little boy from the, from the fields bringing his brother's cheese and <laughs> raisins and stuff. And Goliath is in there. Is there anybody in the armies of Saul that'll come do something about me? Nobody in the army of Saul. But I got a little boy here in the army of God that's on his way to see you. And he stepped up and said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And suddenly your Christ appears and defeats the enemy. And suddenly you have opportunity to stand up in a situation and you'll know who you are. And you say, I was born for this. And you step out and you sling a rock of insufficiency. And God gets behind the rock, goes through the helmet of this giant. He falls. I love it that David took his sword, not his personal sword, but the giant's sword and cut off his head. I submit to you, he shut up after that. All that taunting and laughing. These victories are pivotal and they have great impact for the days to come. They look just like miracles at the Red Sea. They look like uh, joy in the nursery. They look like mercy in the manger and they look like healing when he restores the life from destruction. Suddenlies change things. They change the recipient and the onlookers. When they watch, when they ask me, they, they asked me, multitudes of people, I heard, you, John, I heard you had you'd lost it all. I heard you were out of ministry and everything. And I'm standing here with a beautiful godly woman and three babies. And I said, look what the Lord has done. When suddenly it's happened in your life, it, the, they heard Paul and Silas singing and praying, but they saw the earthquake. It's okay that they hear you and they should hear us. But us talking isn't what steals the show. <laughs> it's when God talks. And suddenly an earthquake. Heard a preacher say one time, I don't know if it's theologically correct, but I liked it. He said, God was in heaven and he heard him singing in prison and got his foot to tapping. And that caused the earthquake. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you this. I can't say it made his foot tap, but I bet it moved his heart. So whether it's good or bad, you can expect me at midnight to offer prayers and thanksgiving to you, oh God. That's the one that Paul was, Paul was telling, he said, all my life he showed up, uh, bright lights from heaven, angels. We were, we were on a boat one time and we had not seen sun nor stars for many days until all hope was gone. This is the apostle Paul. His whole life was filled with suddenlies. He said, all hope was gone. Oh, Paul, you need to be more positive. You need to speak faith. I'm positive all hope was gone. There was no hope. There was no food. We had thrown all the tackle overboard. There was nothing left but death. And an angel, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared. I didn't expect it. Were you expecting one? No, I wasn't expecting one. And he said, everybody on this ship's going to live. All you got to do is stay on board. But you're going to have a shipwreck. And so the boat crashed on some land and Paul told them, don't put out the lifeboats. If you just trust God, you'll make it to shore. And they all either swam in or floated in. Have you ever floated in on a little piece of something? 
Paul said it was suddenly, nothing, no sun, no stars, no word, nothing, and suddenly. And I just believe that uh, my history with God is when I see suddenlies happen around me, I'm just a few feet away from them happening to me. Suddenlies change things. They change the recipient and the onlooker. They change the climate and they change the culture. Then, right then, they change the climate and the culture. And distinctly, the trajectory of the years that follow. They change the outlook, the expectation, and the legacy of those who have been graced to know them. I want to say that again. When you live long enough to see the suddenlies of God, they change your outlook they change your expectation and the legacy of those who've been graced to know them. Suddenly's happened to specific people. Now, please hear this. They're not rewards because suddenly's can happen to anyone that is in Christ. If you are in Christ, you qualify for one. But there is a historical pattern in the word of God of suddenly's that follow faithful people. Okay? To those who honor him, who delight in him, who worship him, who serve him. To those who cry out to him and call upon his name, suddenly it happened. And I'm not saying merit now. There's, there's no merit to any grace. You understand that. But those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those that look to him shall not be ashamed. Those that trust in him will see the right hand of his salvation. There's an expectation that comes from those that know him. And those of us that are, are white-headed and we've walked with him for years, you ought to be known by your expectation. Leaning into your grandbaby said, hey, you just get, make sure you leave room for God, baby. What do you mean? Mm, you know he's up to, you know he's working. All the prayers been prayed for you. Are you kidding me? I can feel the rumblings, tell that baby, I can feel the rumblings of the working based upon Romans 8, 28, that something's coming together for good and it's gonna say, that like a child coming forth, hey, well, hey, that'll change you forever. Amen. Suddenly it's happened to those who live in perpetual gratitude. Did you know that the grateful are grounded in the will of God? This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, that you be thankful in everything, in everything. If you were to say, John, what's one of the key? Of course, we have to obey all the scripture, but one of the keys in life is to thank God when there's not enough. When they brought Jesus the five loaves and two fish, he, he, lift, he broke it and lifted it to the Father and gave thanks for it, giving thanks for that which was not enough. Great. Are you grateful? Don't answer. Would your spouse say that you are grateful to God and others? Would God say you're grateful? Could it be that heaven is holding back its brightest days for you because you're not thankful for the previous suddenlies in your life? What's your story? Is it what's happened to you or what God's done for you? Man, you live long enough. Life will beat you. Life is cruel. 
But God is so good. God is so good. And I have an expectation of him. You know, the older you get, you know, you always hear me say, you're looking back because the older you get, you look backwards. You, you look backwards. And, and I realized that all those things that seem so big. Leanne said it a couple months ago. She predated this message. It's but a small thing to the Lord. All those things that were so big. No, no, you ain't big. You're big. No, 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 no. I, I don't have to worry about my now because you were before my beginning. You are and you shall be after. Working, active. Lord, I want you to know I'm grateful. You don't owe me nothing. I have failed you at every turn. And at best, I'm an unprofitable servant. But you, oh Lord, you are faithful to a thousand generations. And therefore, I bless you. And I thank you. And... You know, I tell you this all the time. You ain't got to do nothing else for me in my life. You, But I know you. <laughs> You're just going to keep being who you are, as you are, like you are. So the least I can do for you is be grateful for what's behind me and expect that which is to come. Suddenly it's happened to those who have sown in the lives of others. I've got a pastor friend of mine that has spent their life just giving, just giving. They've never had a lot, but just giving. And they, they finally got their first new home and uh, the Dream Center was into their building and um, they, they sold their very nice home, custom home, took all the proceeds out and sent it to the Dream Center and move into a, like a 60-year-old trailer. Now, I'm, I'm not bragging about them. That was his choice. It was his choice. And when they gave it, they said, for your glory, Lord. For, for your glory. That's, 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 see, that, that's a small thing. It's not just a small thing for you to do. It's a small thing for me to be. That's a small thing, oh Lord. But when you sow, this person now uh, is Pastor Al in, in Maine. Uh, he's just like me. He's just average guy. He don't mind. It's just mashed potatoes, average guy, vanilla, ice cream, you know, just... This is the middle of the road. But our commitment to help them start this church started with six months of support. And we're right at three years. And he's still reaping support and sustaining. And that's their mortgage every month and God's faithfulness. So now God doesn't owe you. But he ain't going to owe you. You hear me? If you put corn in the ground... You ain't got to dance around it and do special enchantments. You're going to get what? Okay. You plant wheat. Wheat. You sow into the lives of others and into, into the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that you will reap. It's the law. So, now, please hear this. This, this ain't about me. I'm just, I can't preach third and fourth person. I got to tell you mine. I expect suddenlies because of who I am in Christ. I'm in Christ. If I'm a living a life that pleases him, 
And if I suddenly appear to help other people, if I'm a suddenly in their life, then I expect God to be a suddenly in my life. Not because I'm anybody, it's just the law. Do you know it's the only place I can find that God uses like sarcasm or tongue in cheek? He said, you're not going to mock me, try me. Whatever you plant, you're going to reap. Period. You don't have to pray about it. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. If you sow kindness, you'll receive kindness. If you sow generosity, if you sow goodness or faithfulness. And God's already those things, but he measures back again and again to those that sow. And finally, to those he knows will give him the glory before the suddenly, in the suddenly, after the suddenly, and without the suddenly. If you don't do it, my heart is fixed, O Lord. Praise awaits you in my Zion. How many of you, God, has showed up in your history at specific places that it is undeniable, irrefutable, that it was God and God alone that came on the scene of your life and said, I am here. Hold your hand. Look, look, now look around, would you? Can somebody say faithful? We may not know how. We may not know when. We may not know where. But we surely know who. If our musician would come, please. May not know how. We may not know when. We may not know where. But we surely know who. Would you please uh, go ahead and start to open your communion and prepare to take. Now, believers, if there's something in your heart that's separating you and God, don't, don't take. But better yet, just repent of it. Confess your sin and he's faithful and just to forgive you and he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Coming up soon, our elections will be before us again. Uh, just, I wish we didn't, we could just skip it, you know, just, uh, yeah. But you know, everybody wants, hey guys, everybody wants their candidate in office because I'm going to get a check or I'm going to get a tax break or they want their candidate in office. Ours is in office. <laughs> he, he's, he laughs at our schemings and institutions. And I want, I want to centralize this. I want to make sure that I'm clear because of the cup you're holding in your hand. You are now eligible for the best that God has. All that he is and his faithfulness because you are in Christ. Suddenlies happen to everybody, but divine suddenlies happen to those who are in Christ because of not who we are, but whose we are. God grants this. Would you stand with us and let's prepare to take. Kelly, will you get me one of the elements? Just examine your heart this morning. And if there's nothing that condemns or convicts, just thank the Lord. 
Hasn't he been good? Lord, my expectation is of you. When I think about what you've done, how good you've been. This last week, very quickly, my good friend Henry Davis went home to be with the Lord. It wasn't lost on me that he spent the last five, six years of his life giving away probably a thousand books. Heaven is for real. I can see his countenance. Pastor, it is for real. He's there. And suddenly he closed his eyes in this world and opened them in the next one. Don't you know he caught a fit up in that place? Don't you know? There's there's joy in those that we send ahead. Brandy, our church is praying nonstop for your mama. Nonstop. So see, suddenly... They, they just about ruled everything out. And all of a sudden, she's eating pudding and she's awake and coming back. Can't God do it? Now, this isn't working, God. I'm going to do step one, step two, step three, and God has to do something. No, no. I just want you to know that I'm here and I'm looking to you. Prepare and make room for the suddenly. Because we are in him. The same night Jesus was betrayed. He took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body that's broken for you. As often as you do this, I want you to remember me. So Jesus, we remember the sacrifice you paid. And the why, because you loved us. The when, while we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And where on this earth you came and humbled yourself to redeem us unto God. We remember you. Let's break together and take To the person with a horrible past. To to the person whose memories still haunt you in your dreams. To the backslider. His blood washes away all sins. Anybody else besides this old drunk that lived perverse that God redeemed are you grateful for him paying the penalty for your sins yeah so Jesus we remember how they whipped you unrecognizable and you took that blood to the heavenly tabernacle and put it on the mercy seat that people like me and us could come before you redeemed forgiven washed white as snow let's take together Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. We may not know how, we may not know when, we may not know where, but we surely know who, don't we? Suddenlies do happen. They still happen. They are happening. And they have happened. Listen, y'all don't worry about your plastic. Just put it in the floor. I'm wired that way. I'm like, I hear that. A squirrel, squirrel. Just pray for me. 
suddenlies do happen. They're still happening. They are happening and have happened. Even as recently as two days ago. A couple weeks ago, and I want to tell this story in such a way um, that I don't draw attention to the person or people that this came from. And please listen to your pastor. I'm asking as a courtesy and respect for God that you don't talk amongst yourselves. I think I know who, I think I know how, I think I know what. Would you just not take that path of immaturity and just let this be a beautiful God thing? Because they, he, she, they didn't want this. It's for the Lord. So they said, well, pastor, can we get together, you know? Uh, See, so y'all stopped asking me and Kelly out, so they asked us to dinner. <laughs> we went to dinner, and they, they wanted to ask about the church. You know, they've been coming quite a while, but I want to know some details because, you know, it's, it's one thing to make a, a prayerful decision, but it's another thing to make a prayerful, educated decision. And so they asked, they said, well, we had great fellowship. And they said, well, um, we're just praying about doing something. And uh, I said, well, that's wonderful. And I've, I've learned over my years that God don't need my help. And I'm not going to maneuver or manipulate. I said, well, that's just wonderful. And praise the Lord. And I'll just be praying with you. And so they called me back a couple days later and said, uh, we want to pay the church off. I said, what? We want to pay the church off. And here's what I'm thinking. Like $1.3 million, pay it off. Yeah, we're going to pay it off. And the joy and the commonness to them. Let me tell you what I felt like. Yeah, it's too reverent to just even like stand up and make it about us. I know it's a, it's a weight, a kabod feeling. They didn't say this. But Pastor John, you preach. They watch the babies. We teach. I have a business. And this is how I honor him. And our harmony together. Okay. Will you put that slide up for me, guys? Anybody want to look at that bottom? Now you can. <laughs> Glory to God. Oh, come on, saints. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Won't he do it? Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now remain standing. We got one more thing to do. Next week will be the most important, pivotal service for our church that we've had, and I can't remember when. Just give you a precursor. Do you remember about two months ago I preached and God is able to make all grace abound towards you? That you having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Now watch. God was able and he made all grace abound towards us. Why? So now we can have sufficiency to abound to every good work. We are going to have an account in this church. 
and our church, we're going to start it verbally today. We're going to take $100,000 of our capital and we're going to start with that. And then once a month, we're going to put offerings in. And everything outside of these walls where we can, we will. And we're going to honor the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? What, what, what do I do? What, you know, how do I? I told the Lord, this, if you'll give me just a quick second, I said, Lord, I got one chance to do this right. Yeah, we've been, we've been good stewards, but that ain't why. We've been generous, but that ain't why. You just can. And my journey, not that it, nobody else's journey got to be this way. We're 29 years. We've never had a capital fund drive. Instead of putting a, 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 a thermometer on the stage for us, I'd, how about we're known not by what we have, but by what we give? Amen. Hey, I'm not minimizing this miracle. This is a miracle. But this person, when they talked to me about it and they said, oh, we're going to do that soon. It's planning on the end of June. And then he said, uh, I said no, let's, it won't carry the same weight if we say we're going to do it. Let, let, let's get it done. Let's get it done. And... So here I am, I'm trying to juggle. I know how to receive it, but how do I communicate all this in the right way? So now watch. So God's watching us receive. And I believe he takes a step back and said, now what are you going to do? What are are, are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? The blessing was put in our lap, but the responsibility rests on our head. I want us to play this one song of worship and thank the Lord and to echo our praise to him and one of our elders, Eddie, would you mind after this song coming up and praying over us and dismissing us? Guys, would you cue this song for us? All of heaven's watching to see how sincere we're going to sing this to him. From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God Cause all my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so Yeah. 
I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in darkest nights. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend, and I have lived in the goodness of God. Hey! Cause all my life you have been faithful. Oh, yes, you have. and we can play for She's so happy. You know, it, for some of us, it always seems like it's another house. It's another. We have witnessed 
God just step out and go, watch this. And you just, who am I? Who are we, oh Lord? No one. But my son, and for his glory, here's who we are. Pastor John, who do you think you are next? Several years ago, the Lord gave us the history of a hundred-year-old Southern Baptist church, Second Baptist, and he put the baton in our hand and said, here's the assets and the resources, run with it. And you be generous. And I answered the question, who who do do you think you are to get their stuff? Next. Who do you think you are? Just next. Now the responsibility we have with joy is to turn that gift into the gospel going into the nations. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you this real quick and then uh, our elder is going to pray over us and take his time praying. But I want to tell you, I I never commented on it because it was a compliment. And I want to be always careful of that because you want to squelch the Lord's blessing. How many go, God resisteth proud people. Ain't got no room for him, no time for him. You're not going to stand in his presence with your shoulders squared. It's, you know, looking down. How many of you read that article from pastor at New City when he talked about our gift. Yeah, it was very humbling. But I remember telling our staff, and listen, our staff and the people of this place, we are givers, we're, but rightfully so. Hadn't he been rich to us? You know, so, so we're talking through the, the, the nuances, you know, well, if they come in and when you have your family over at your house, you're bumping into each other, you know, who took the vacuum cleaner? Who took this? Where's my hairbrush you know I said this is going to be kind of you know we have to navigate some stuff and triple rates Georgia Power conveniently turns our rates up three times 300% during the summer months and having it it's going to be you know an extra several thousand dollars a month and you know we were talking it through nobody was opposing me and I said you know I know it's going to be all that and I made the statement I said well, I guess the Lord will just have to pay us back. Just kind of tongue in cheek, you know. Like, Lord, I ain't paid nobody back. I own it all. I'm, I'm a, and we receive today, oh Lord. But you can trust us. And with your anointing and your guidance, we want Christ Chapel to shout the fame of the Son of God. Eddie, would you come? Just take your time and pray over us. Okay. Father, I know that all my life you have been faithful. Undeserved at that. You reach out in grace and you shower it upon us and we wonder why. It's because you're a gracious God. You love us when we think we're unlovable. Thank you for your mercies. You've poured it out upon us and we want to cry. Oh, a good cry. A good cry. Because we know we serve an almighty God who loves us. 
as much as God can. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now, got to tell you, it challenges us because now we want to serve you more. We want to show other people how good you are, how gracious you are, how you can save their life. Thank you now that we're even more powerful to be able to do that now. Help us to be faithful in that that you've given us. That's what we desire to do. Be faithful like you are. And thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Even beforehand, we want to thank you for what you are going to do. Not us, but you. We take it and we give it into your hands because we know you are faithful. We turn in our all over to you. Thank you, Father, for loving us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, guys, as we're dismissed today, don't play any music. I just want those that want to spend a few moments in afterglow and encouraging one another and celebrating the goodness of the Lord. Oh, have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.